See Sweet and Sour, powered by Align, the podcast where we talk about the sweet and not-so-sweet sides of leadership. Hi, everyone, once again, and welcome to another episode of See Sweet and Sour. I am very, 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 a thousand times very happy to host Rand Fishkin. If you don't know who he is, uh, get out from under that rock. Uh, If you don't know who Rand is, I'll I'll let him talk about himself just in a moment. Uh, but first, I'm going to ask Rand. Rand, how are you today? <laughs> I've, I've definitely had saner days uh, in my life, Philip, and and I appreciate you and Haley uh, and the team at C Suite being so accommodating. Yeah, it, it, you know things happen. Life is a roller coaster, right? And uh, uh, we'll we'll take this as uh, as the downward portion, which means that there's going to be an upward portion portion very very soon. It will turn around. So yes, thank you very much, Rand. Rand. For those who don't know who you are, which I guess, again, um, is probably a small number of people, can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you just started being a business leader? <laughs> sure. Um, I, I still hopefully don't think of myself that way, but uh, it's very kind. I am I'm best known probably for starting a company called Moz, uh, which was in the SEO software and education space and uh, did, hosted a very popular series of videos for many years while, while I was CEO there called Whiteboard Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, I also wrote a, a book, which has been um, relatively well-received in the business community called, called Lost and Founder about my entrepreneurial journey and especially a lot of the ups and downs of raising venture capital and choosing that path over other ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, and And it tries to remove some of the glamour and sheen from that asset class and the decision to, to raise money that way. Uh, yeah, Lost and Founder, you know, was a, a, a very good selling book. And after I wrote it, um, I left Moz mm-hmm. and started a new company called SparkToro, which is what I run now. Mm-hmm. Uh, SparkToro, very, very different from Moz. So Moz was like a, you know, raised a bunch of money, 200 plus person company, um, rapid growth, tens of millions of dollars of revenue. Uh, SparkToro is a tiny little company. It's just three of us. Uh, we all work remotely. We have a, a very chill work culture. Yeah. We did not raise institutional capital. Um, we have an alternative funding methodology that's that hopefully is gaining some popularity. Um, and uh, I am also the creative director for a video game, an indie video game that's that's coming out in a couple of years. Hasn't yet fully been announced yet, but. Um, yeah, excited to talk about all these different things with you. Yes, we will. We will. And I, I what, what's great about um, your journey is the fact that you, I guess, started not necessarily traditionally, if, if we think, if, you know, not, ne- not necessarily traditionally, but when we talk about the venture capital side of things, you did go through that, 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 that journey in the beginning of your journey. And, um, and then you completely went the other way. Now, as somebody who's followed you past, I don't know, many, many years, um, when, 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 when did you change Moz to SEO Moz to Moz.com? How long ago was that? Ooh, gosh, that's a great question. I think I want to say maybe that was somewhere in the 2011, 12, 13 yeah. era. Wow. That's a long time. I've been following you for a while. Anyway. Um, so yeah, so since then, um, uh, the, the way you're doing it now makes more sense with your persona. It just makes more sense to who you are. Um, and, and it's, it is a SaaS company. 
So it's a little bit different than, than others. Let's start with, with, with Moz specifically. Did you have a choice in the matter when it came to how you funded or how you went through things? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All, all along the way. I think the weird thing about this, um, Philip, and, and I would say this to anyone who's an entrepreneur or e- even folks who, you know, just have some leverage in their job and role in life because of, you know, the, the, the privilege of sort of their whatever background, education, mm-hmm. financial situation, um, demand in the labor market, right, which is still despite all the stories, right? Still, still quite good in tech um, yep. and marketing roles. And that is that many times we feel like we don't have a choice. Like we feel that there's a path we're supposed to pursue and that we mm-hmm. should go down that path, but it's not true. It is, um, it's a myth that's sort of created by the culture and environment that we live in and by the, the examples that we see around us. Um, you know, so yeah. many people I talk to uh, inside and out of the professional world feel like their, their journey has to follow up a, a particular model because that's how it's been done before, mm-hmm. or that's the way it's supposed to go. And I, um, I have a lot of criticisms of, of capitalism generally, and especially America's unique and bloodthirsty form of capitalism. But the best one that the, I think the most amazing thing you can say about, you know, the, um, about American capitalism is it does give you a lot of freedom. If you have the privilege to be able to choose your job, you have Mm -hmm. a lot of freedom to choose how to spend your time, what you want to do, what path you want to take. Um, Funding a company independently uh, and, you know, using your network to do that and, and building your, an entire model that you think is the right way to go is absolutely possible. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, I am by no means in the top, 10%, 20% 10%, 20% of, you know, venture-backed CEOs with a reputation. Uh, mm-hmm. In fact, I would say after the publication of Lost and Founder, probably the opposite of that. <laughs> and and yet, you know, this um, this weird, unusual model ha- has been working for us. It's It's been working so well. We're, we're literally, I think we're about 30 days away from repaying our investors, which is wow. incredible. Um, you know, it's been... Uh, it's been quite a journey, but not a very bumpy road. Like what, what's crazy is Moz was highs and lows. I mean, you, you read about it, right? You know the story, just crazy highs, crazy yeah. lows, yeah. layoffs, depression, things mm-hmm. blowing up, health problems, people leaving the team, um, you know, becoming the market leader, losing that position to competitors, all, all the things. Yeah. And SparkToro has been... Uh, a smooth, steady, chill, very comfortable ride um, to a nice, you know, seven-figure business with a really beautiful set of customers and a product that I'm really proud of, and and a tiny little team that I love, and um, and a and a lifestyle that's wonderful too. Do you think you would be able to do what you did with Spark Toro without doing what you did in Moz? I. Yes, but I, I mean, I would have had to have done something, right, to sort of build a reputation and impress some potential, you know, investors and those kinds of things. I, I don't think Moz is actually the ideal. No, it's thing not. That no, no. Wanna... That that was yeah. my 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 question was not based off like 
did you have to do Moz? The thing was, yeah, yeah. do you believe that the uh, learnings from Moz helped you more realize and understand what the the way that you believe and and many, I think many should believe is the right way in growing a business? Yeah. So I I really wish <laughs> that I were a less stubborn 20 and 30 something right? when I had been that, that I hadn't, um, you know, so many folks, especially men, right. Uh, in, in that age range, I think have this bravado and confidence and um, bro, bro culture, bro, bro culture kind yeah, of, yeah, man. and also, <laughs> you know, testosterone does terrible things to a brain. Um, but, but I, I'll say that I, I do believe, and I've seen plenty of people, you know, prove this, that you can learn from the mistakes of others. You don't have to make every mistake yourself. And that, that is the entire goal, right? The entire goal of Lost and Founder was, Jesus, is there some way, is there some way that I can take all of this pain and foolishness and, and bad decision-making um, that had enough lucky things around it to give me a, you know, a profile and, and have enough, you know, sort of financial and marketing success that, that lots of people would pay attention. Mm -hmm. um, is there some way that I can avoid that pain for others? And, and I hope it does. I, I'm sure there are a lot of people out there that can do that. But from my experience, a lot of people need to learn by doing. I, I know. It, it's, I know it, it's, it's, uh, it's something that my, my father would, it, my father was one of those people that would learn from others. Um, mm -hmm. There is, there is a saying in Hebrew um, that does not translate very well in English because I said in a couple of meetings and everybody's like, what the heck are you talking about? But the saying is shaving off of other people's uh, beards, like shaving, shaving other people's beards. That's a translation in English, meaning, you know, learn off of somebody else and then, you, you know, doing your, your own thing. And my mm -hmm. father was like that. I'm not. And my... <laughs> My my father would get so annoyed at me. It's like, you know what the right thing to do is. I'm like, yeah, I know, dad. But sometimes I feel like I think I can do it. You know, not necessarily the way that you say it is. And I, I, I guess I'm the person that needs to learn. Like, has to, I have to shave myself. I can't, you know what I mean? So um, it sounds way better in Hebrew. I, I, I promise you. Like you said, when you're younger, you feel like you uh, you have some some kind of a God complex sometimes or some kind of like a... a, a nothing can kill me and uh, nothing can, can happen bad to me. And then you do these things. Hey, C-Sweet and Sour listeners. It's Haley here from Align. I hope you're enjoying this episode. I just wanted to jump in with some exciting news. We have a new limited time promotion for listeners. You can get 10% off your first year of the Align software with the promo code NOTSOUR10. Align is a strategic planning and execution management software designed to help businesses achieve their goals faster. To get started, go to aligntoday.com slash demo and complete the form to book your demo today. Again, the code is not sour 10. Now back to the episode. Let's talk a little about mental health. I do want to talk about that a little bit. Um, it's something that I feel is centered in the workplace today, even though a lot of people say that it isn't. And I believe it is because everywhere I'm turning and, and well, now I'm, I'm in only in one company, but beforehand I was, I was mentoring a lot of others and I'm seeing it being a, um, it's, it's a part of it. People are at least talking about it. Um, what is your, 
What is your outlook when it comes to mental health? Sorry, what is my element? Yeah, yeah your outlook. Your, how, how do you how do you how do you um, take mental health in, and 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 treat it properly within your business within within your with your coworkers? Yeah, let's see. So we have this um, sort of focus on our own health and happiness and and boundaries over the you know doing a little bit of extra work for the business or hitting a deadline mm -hmm. or um, doing sort of non-critical work. Uh, we we call this chill work, right? So okay. I've written about it on on the Spark Toro blog, and the mm -hmm. you know the basic premise is that you don't need to hmm, work incredibly hard, long hours, doing difficult things uh, in order to have success, right? Okay, you, you can hit very impressive goals and milestones by focusing on the right work to do, planning well, having a good strategy, having good tactics to execute on that strategy, um, having a, a funding and backing system that gives you a lot of ability to be patient, having okay. relatively low expenses, like all of these things that you can optimize for that let you be a patient, thoughtful, considered business owner instead of a desperate for growth next month, desperate for growth next quarter, you know, got to be able to make payroll, got to be able to uh, grow 20% to get to hit your next funding target, to be able to go out and raise your next round, to, all of those things. Um, I think that treadmill is deadly uh, to companies, right? So, you you know, you can see that that as an asset class rate venture is... Uh, 95% failure rate, right? And the, and of the remaining 5%, um, only, only about one in five of those, uh, is actually hitting, maybe it's worse. It's like one in 10 of those is actually hitting the, the minimum investment return targets. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's essentially like, you know, as soon as you sign up for that journey, uh, you're saying, well, I'm reducing my odds of survival from significant to one in a hundred. That's weird. Yeah. It's a very, very weird thing. And um, I do believe that mental health, not in the, not in the like sense of anxiety and depression and, and functionality, but in the sense of, um, or, or in both the sense of anxiety and depression and all these like traditional mental health things, but also in the sense of mental fitness, being mm -hmm. able to make the best possible decisions you can doing the highest quality work in the smallest amount of time. Have you ever had this thing, Philip, where you go on vacation um, <laughs> and you come back from vacation two weeks later and you've got a huge workload, like your, your inbox is full. There's a ton of tasks assigned to you. You have, you have all this stuff sitting on your plate and somehow miraculously two or three days later, it's all done. Mm -hmm. You're like, how, how did I do that? That was, that was literally two weeks worth of work. Mm-hmm. How did I accomplish that in two or three days? And the answer is because you were well rested and your brain was well rested and you were in a good place mentally and physically. And so work was not as hard. All the things that you had to do just came to you. And this is the beauty of being in a chill work kind of environment is that you say no to almost everything that's not critical. You prioritize a few things that are really important. Those few things are gonna drive 80, 90, 95% of all your results anyway. Right. If they're not, 
you stop doing those and you do different things. Here's the thing. You are the poster child for this. Like I, like I, I see you as the, the person that, that um, um, when it comes to explaining that you have to deal with the 20% to get that 80%, um, and when a lot of people uh, uh, t- talk about doing the work in the way you're explaining to do the work, there's there's a difference between talking about it and actually doing it. And 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 again, this is going back to similar to what we talked about before: learning uh, from other people and, and and experiencing themselves and learning from from their own experience. I find it uh, not only me, but I think most of the world finds it incredibly difficult to. Uh, work in that kind of work environment because it feels like nobody's can actually do it. <laughs> no, I, mean, I know you are. You're an example of somebody who can. You have a small workforce uh, with incredible with incredible results. But and, I and and I don't think I don't think we're we're nearly topping out right. Like we have, um, I think much more extraordinary results to achieve, probably without having to add even one more person to the team, probably without any of us working any harder. I think it's, you know, for us, like one of the, one of the things that we do that a lot of uh, businesses reject, and I think foolishly reject is we hire a lot of help. We have consultants and agencies help us with all sorts of things. Okay, And it's awesome, right? Because they do work that we need when we need it. And then we don't we don't get into this trap of, well, we need to keep them busy. We need to find things for that person to do. And then once we've found things for that person to do, suddenly it becomes critical infrastructure. And now we sort of have this extra cost on the business and drag on the management and psychology of managers and needing check-ins and reporting and mm-hmm. reporting structures and pyramid scheme down and none of it, right? Agencies and consultants, they are awesome at getting things done, just doing the work and doing it independently. Mm-hmm. That's that's their whole that's their whole thing, right? So when we're like, hey, we we kind of need help with this. We, you know what? We want to make a great video. Okay, we're gonna hire, you know, Phil Nottingham. He's gonna put together a great video for us. It's gonna cost us this much this one time. And then we don't need a team of video editors and people. Mm-hmm. Like we're we're all done. We, we've got it, right? Uh, uh, his team helped me set up this this home studio that I've got, right? And the camera and that whole thing. Fantastic. I can just turn it on when I need it. It works great. Um, same story. We, we are working right now with uh, Asia Arangio from Demand Maven. She's doing like a big analysis of our uh, funnel and, and pipeline and retention and usage and helping us find places to better educate our customers, all this kind of stuff. I don't know, like... I chat with her once a week on Slack. She puts together a bunch of data for us to review, and then she has some suggestions. I barely even look at the data. I'm kind of like, yeah, yeah, all looks good. Great. Fantastic. You have suggestions? Let's do them. What what do you need from me? Right? Oh, you need me to email some customers and do some interviews? Fantastic. I'm going to email that. You know, it's just very lightweight. It's low effort, but high results. And That's what I want to optimize for, right? I want to build businesses that don't require a tremendous amount of hard, difficult work, but they require good decision-making. Right. And good decision-making comes from being relatively experienced, being willing to let go of things that you believe when when new data contradicts it, Mm -hmm. getting lots of sleep, eating well, um, you know, having a healthy 
home and relationship life, like all those things, those will help you make great decisions. And mm. I think I can optimize around that. Yeah, there's there's something that we we um, we've talked about a lot in the office as well when it comes to um, making decisions within the company. So we are small but mighty team. We're about 2023 20, right now. Yeah. Um, again, not as small as mighty as you, but again, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Probably mighty or just not as small. <laughs> yes. Mighty, mighty, definitely mighty. Um, and uh, one of the things that we, we, we talk about is, especially in the, in the, in the leadership, in the leadership uh, committees is that we aren't only affecting the team. We're affecting the team's family members, the team's friends, it's something that um, we, we we've noticed, and we're we're putting like an effort to to recognize that everything from bringing people over from 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 far away, um, getting them visas. Right, I'm from I'm from Toronto. I, I, I don't I don't see myself moving anytime soon, even though I probably would if I could. But we, we've helped people with their visas, uh, and uh, it's 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 something that I think a lot of leaders need need to understand if they don't already is that you're not only affecting your team, but you're also affecting the team the, the team's family as well. And, um, and yeah, and the reverse is also true, right? Like if you, um, for example, if you build a team uh, and a company culture that allows people to have the freedom and flexibility to take off when they need to take off to mm -hmm. support an emergency, to, um, you know, have kids, to handle childcare, to handle a sick spouse, like, all, you know, whatever it is, if you give people the freedom and flexibility to do that, I think there's this foolish belief in American style capitalism that like, that's somehow weakness, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're not getting the hardest working, like longest hours, Elon Musk worshiping people. Um, yeah. And I would argue that when you do that, what you actually get is you you get real um, loyalty and you build a team of people who feel psychologically safe. And when you do those two things, you get high performance teams and you don't need long hours from them. And you don't need many, you know, if they take off a bunch of weeks a year because they need to, because they've got issues doesn't actually matter as long as you design your business to not need always on people and instead design it to need high quality work from people who are doing their best work. This is completely possible. It's just, a, it's a design thinking problem. Right. And then it's an execution challenge and it's an overcoming a mental model of being locked into this, you know, mindset that, um, that, that, you know, popular press and culture have instilled in us that we probably should never have believed. So this is, this is like my, I don't know, new evolved version of how I want to work. Is it possible? Is it possible, Philip, that maybe Spark Toro could be a hundred million dollar a year company if I were willing to go, you know, complete grindstone, raise a ton of money, do, do all the things. Does it need so, to be but, though? Yeah, I don't think so, but maybe right? Like the answer is maybe. And my second answer to that would be, who cares? Who cares? Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know how many people in your network, Philip, have become, you know, people with eight or nine figures in their bank account. Um, for us, it's the number is small, but not zero. Like, mm -hmm. you know, a few yeah. dozen, few dozen people that, that Geraldine and I know of, you know, had huge successes and, 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 um, 
made tons of money. And I, I don't mean this to insult any of them. Of course not. I think we're happier and healthier than all of those people. <laughs> like, the, 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 I, I agree. I, it's I, not, and that's not, you know, that's not a like, ha ha, I win, you lose. Like, that's not what I mean. I just mean that um, it does take a certain level of financial quantity to be comfortable, to be able to solve problems as they arise, to be able to afford emergencies. And that number is getting higher, absolutely. And it's fewer and fewer people are able to achieve that, right? Like mm -hmm. wealth inequality is, is, at, is at terrible levels. All those things are true. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to downplay any of that, but I am trying to say, it's plenty fine to have a business that does that that makes you a few hundred thousand dollars a year or, or or makes you a few million dollars and more than that i don't know i i think at that point you're sort of uh, measuring the size of your ferraris like it yeah, just yeah. Not, <laughs> it just doesn't matter man 90% of businesses fail 10% don't here's why Plans fail when you don't have the right systems and software in place. This is why we built Align, a strategic growth management software that allows you to share real-time updates and eliminate miscommunication. Align is an easy-to-use, cloud-based software with features like daily huddles, KPI dashboards, software integrations, and so much more. You can see your company's priorities, critical numbers, goals and tasks while holding everyone accountable. And all this in the palm of your hand with our mobile app. So what are your next steps? It's simple. Learn more about Align by requesting a demo at aligntoday.com. Let us make sure we land you in that 10%. Align. Achieve big goals faster. At what point, how much do you actually have to make to be happy? And, you know, there's obviously a statistic for that. And probably it's gone up since, since you know, since the, what's going on right now with inflation and all that. But besides the point, it's not billions it's not even a lot of millions even it's, it's, it's nope. actually, it's, it's a lot less than that. Um, yeah. I actually, I, I, I did my own calculation as like, this, this was again, a few years ago. So maybe the number went up about 10%, but um, still um, it's nowhere near. I don't need to make a million dollars to be happy a year. I do not need to do that. And, and again, um, it's to have two vacations a year and maybe even a, an extra cottage, even maybe, it's still not um, like more than that. And that's something that if, if, which, which I like what I like about you, Rand is that if you can have that as a mindset, um, then you can get other people that are around you up with you, right? Instead of taking all that money for yourself, what you're doing is you're, you're, you're spreading that wealth. And then, you know, maybe you can still grow a team that's larger and that then, then, you know, 20 or, 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 or 50, you can make, give them more money so that they can be at your level or at least close to it. Right. I do believe that there, there's, there's, there, you should get some credit in being uh, the founder and, 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 you know, sure, the sure. risk and yeah. all that. But it's, it's deeply, uh, it's deeply awkward to have a hundred or a thousand times as much money as someone you work with. Yeah. As who's like the second you, in command, for example. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Who's helping you get there. That is, that is deeply awkward. Everyone can feel that the dynamic is messed up. Like mm -hmm. it's, you know, I think if you're an, an engineer working at Twitter and, you know, Elon Musk is cutting all your, all the team around you and you're like, gosh, that's, 
the world's second richest person and they're going to go to the Cannes Film Festival and I'm going to like work really hard to make an algorithm that boosts Ron DeSantis's presidential campaign. Is that <laughs> why? Why is that happening? <laughs> like that feels weird, right? <laughs> free speech, free speech, that's strange. Free speech, um, free speech. Yeah. Anyway, um, uh, no, I, this yeah. is the thing, right? He, you know, that this person has the 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 right to do it. Like, no. it's his platform. He gets to do it the way he wants. Uh, does it make him happy? He seems like an incredibly unhappy person, like deeply troubled, you know, massively problematic in just every kind of way. Um, and I think the people around him, that that's true as well. So I, I don't know. I, I, I question why we're all chasing this stuff. I, I, I agree with you. And honestly, I can keep talking about this for, for, for forever because I, I, I think we're, we're in the same, we're in the same boat when it comes to these types of things. Um, but I do want to, I do want to get into more of, of, of the, of, of the business and your, your experience. And one of the things that I, I really like, um, is, is, is your emphasis on customer empathy. Now, uh, some examples, um, I love how you, you, you had a whole thing about this. Uh, you send, you, you, you purposely send emails, um, to talk about when they can cancel, when they can't, like, no, cancellation emails, um, the, the, the readiness to speak to all of your clients, uh, you as the CEO, even though I get a potentially a, um, a mass email because, you know, you have an announcement or something. If I return to that email, you're getting, <laughs> You're I, I get every one of those replies. No, yes. th I mean, this is something that um, I think comes from two places, right? One is if you uh, are building a business that is non-sales, you know, enterprise sales focused, mm -hmm. um, but you still want to have a deep connection to your customers, one of the absolute best ways to do that is to make everyone who's involved in the company and the product directly connected to lots of customers. So mm -hmm. Casey, Amanda, and I all answer tons of customer inquiries all day. I, I shouldn't say tons because we don't actually get that many. You know, we have uh, tens of thousands of people using the free version of the product and 1,500-ish paying subscribers. Okay. And, and we get probably 25 support requests a week, maybe 30. Okay. So very, very light, right? That's... Easy to answer all of those. And this is because, Philip, it is because over the life of the company from day one, Casey and Amanda and I have answered these emails and been like, gosh, three people wrote in with this kind of a problem. We should just fix that. Like, let's just make that easier to understand in the UI. Uh, can we do something um, inside our whatever payment system or on the billing page to make this more obvious or easier. The cancellation thing. One yeah. of the biggest things that every SaaS business has to deal with is lots of people writing in and say, how do I cancel my account? I canceled my, I didn't want to pay for this month. Like, can you help me out? So we send an email, right? The, the three days before your subscription is up for renewal. Mm -hmm. And we're like, hey, are you still using SparkToro? If you're not, and you need to save some money, Great time to cancel. You won't get billed. If you do, are we going to give you a refund? Yes, absolutely. If you write in, like Casey will take care of it. We we probably process, I don't know, a couple of refunds a, a week, right? So people writing in. 
and we're we're like no questions about it, right? We just we don't care. We're not going to fight with somebody over their three hundred dollar bill or something. Like no, we the way we want to feel, and people write it into us about this all the time. Like I probably have half a dozen emails like this in the last two weeks, which are just like, oh my god, I can't. You guys are so generous. Thank you so much. As soon as I have budget, or I have another client, or I have another need, I'm going to be signing up for Spark Toro again. I can't wait to recommend you. Wouldn't you rather have that than the extra yeah. $70 that you're going to bill them for next yeah. month? Yeah. Come yeah. on. You know, it's just it's just long-term thinking versus short-term thinking. It's empathetic thinking versus sort of greediness thinking. It just makes sense. And it does come back to you. Do you have a line? Do you have a line in which you say, uh, like, is there is is there such thing as being too generous when it comes to those things? Probably. <laughs> Probably there is, I, but at the numbers we're talking about and with yeah. the size of customers that we've got and that kind of stuff, to be honest, um, we're, we're just going to, we're just going to prioritize being way too generous because it, it doesn't hurt us nearly as much as it helps somebody else, right? If somebody is writing in and they're like, Hey, you know, I signed up for an annual SparkToro subscription. Someone just did this yesterday. Mm -hmm. They signed up for an annual subscription. They've been using SparkToro in, in European countries mostly. And unfortunately, like we have a message in the app that says like, hey, we don't have good coverage outside of English language countries like Germany, France, Spain, Italy. Sorry, like we, we just don't have the data yet. We'll get there eventually, hopefully soon, but it's just not there. And this mm -hmm. person was like, hey, I've been using the product the last few months. And to be honest, it's been really disappointing and blah, 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 blah. Is there a chance I get a refund for like the last couple of months? And Casey just wrote back and was like, no, here's a refund for like your whole subscription. Like, just don't worry about it. And honestly, come back to us when we have good EU data. Sorry, you had this thing. And we'll try and make that message more clear in the app, right? Like, because because clearly it got missed. And like, is it too generous? I don't know, maybe. But to be honest, how cool would it be? How much more likely would you be to... I don't know, go to Disney World if a friend of yours said, we kind of had a bad experience at the park. And then we talked to somebody there and they just refunded our tickets entirely. In fact, they comped our hotel room. Yeah. You'd be like, oh, damn, that's a, I should go on vacation there because if I have a problem, it's going to be taken care of. Yeah. How cool is that? That's yeah. going to spread, right? That's probably going to build more equity for the Disney brand and Disney Parks brand. I'm not actually yeah, a fan yeah. of Disney parks, to be honest, but yeah. um, I know many people are. And and I think that is a far smarter long-term way of thinking than, oh, I'm sorry you had this bad experience. Here's a $5 drink coupon, or there's nothing we can do for you. Yeah, it's the, it's the, it's the Costco approach, right? You can return anything. <laughs> yeah. Nordstrom's the same way, right? Like yeah. Apple, I, I Nordstrom, really yeah. I don't like a ton of things about Apple. I don't use an iPhone. I don't have any Apple products. Yeah. There's a lot that I don't like about that company, the, the, the culture of secrecy and that kind of stuff. But their I'm customer service yeah. is fantastic. And they have, they have money losing locations all over the world just to make sure that you are taken care of. Um, yeah. Yeah, we just talked about that before the podcast. I'm not a, I'm not an Apple fan. You talk a lot about in in in, in the book about um, you know, types of growth as well. And um in the I guess I don't call it, let's call it traditional just for the sake of this conversation, but the traditional way of doing it is 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 growth um, you know, not necessarily revenue growth, 
but uh, or, or maybe revenue growth that doesn't necessarily mean profit, right? Hmm. So you're bringing people in, you're spending a lot of money, um, more money than you're bringing in. Uh, you're growing your user base, uh, and then and then hope somebody kind of buys you out. I guess. Weird thinking, but traditional. Um, have you felt that it's it's moved since you know this craziness has happened the past couple of years? Uh, there is a focus on or renewed focus on profitability in the what I would call startup and tech and private equity, um, even the stock market. Right? Mm -hmm. um, there's this. There's this. Mm, Investors are paying attention to profitability over just raw growth. They're, they're also mm -hmm. paying attention to growth. But um, the reason, uh, you know, this sort of goes back to the cost of cost of money. So, you know, when the, when the Fed changes interest rates, the, the, the United States Federal Reserve Bank changes interest rates, it, it means that you can, for example, right, let's say you have you and I have a million dollars and, you know, people pitch us on like, hey, you could invest here, you could invest there. And we're like, okay, maybe I can get this from that. Maybe I can get this from that. I can get a certain profit percentage here or there or whatever. Mm -hmm. Or I could just buy a treasury bill, which is essentially the safest investment in the world, re regardless of you know the Republicans trying to hold payments hostage yep. right now. Mm -hmm. um, it, it will probably probably get solved one way or another, or the United yeah. States will go bankrupt and then it's guns and gold for everyone and uh, it's all over. But yeah. the... Um, reality of that is is that when that interest rate goes up you know we look at the treasury bond rate and we're like hmm i can make five and a half six percent on my money by just putting it in a in the safest monetary instrument in the world boy you you know you're gonna have to give me a very a much lower risk sort of higher rate of return thing to get my money now mm -hmm. than you would have before when mm -hmm. interest rates were one percent or half a percent it was like, oh, geez, I'll throw my money at anything, anything that can make yeah. me anything, right? So, so this kind of naturally flows from it, and obviously, you know, the the Federal Reserve Bank's trying to do this in order to curb uh, inflation, which <laughs> it seems like I don't know if it's really helping, but let's let's go. Yeah, with it. yeah. <laughs> but this is, I mean, it, what's interesting about it is it sort of speaks to what will happen in the future and how these things will be viewed, and mm -hmm. I think for an entrepreneur. The beauty of a profitable business is that if you are running one, you're in complete control. Yeah. There's no, you, your risk is largely removed. You will survive an indefinite amount of time. Uh, anything you do to improve your business is wonderful. If, if your business takes a few hits, you can survive it. Like you are not in a, in a dangerous, desperate place. And for almost every business that raises institutional capital, that's the opposite of their situation, right? They are in a dangerous yeah. situation all the time, right? They're spending more than they make, so they have to raise more money. So they need to get the growth to show the new next round of investors that they can get there. Um, that's a, a very hard way to live. I've, I've lived that life. Um, and I wouldn't recommend it to anyone. I, you know, I know that there's people who can tolerate it and who are comfortable with it, but it's sort of like, I don't know. Uh, Why? Flying in private helicopters. Like you're okay. It's convenient, but like the rate of death is really high. Like, yeah. 
I don't think somebody that wants to make a lot of money is a bad thing. I do think, though, that when somebody reaches that that goal and when they realize that they're at the billion dollars and say, hmm, I want more. I think that's where there is there is a that's where where somebody's mind is a little bit different because you do not need more. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's, you know, it's less about need and more about just the psychology of that world and right. the people that you surround yourself with at that point and, and all those kinds of things. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the, the culture that builds up around it. But I, I would say that for sort of the, your own health and sanity around finances, mm-hmm. um, I think there's, you know, there's a few things that you can do that are, that are really, um, really healthy, right? One is if you have the ability to build up some retirement savings early in your life, you're, you're, I mean, Jesus, your twenties seems extremely unlikely, but yeah. your thirties, your forties, even your fifties, like if you can build up that retirement savings and get that to a healthy place with a, with a person or a, a manager that you trust or mm-hmm. a, you know someone else to take care of it that you trust, uh, that's a really beautiful thing because it gives you the, the human individual person or your, you, your family, the same kind of safety and security sense that a, a business that's running profitably has, right? right? Which is just, and I, and I think we all make better decisions from that place of safety and security than we do from a place of desperation and fear. Um, and yeah. I, I mean, this is one of the biggest reasons that my economic politics generally lean very socialist is because I think that human beings make really good decisions and are, are better people when they feel like their health and security and housing is taken care of. Right. And like, okay, well, worst case scenario, I might lose my job. I might lose this, but I'll still have health care. I'll still have a place to live. I'll still be able to like function as a person in society. I, I will not be indigent, all that, all that kind of stuff that, that I think makes you very, um, it, it gives you the ability to make good decisions. And the same thing's true in, in a business setting. And this is why as many people read Lost and Founder and they're like, gosh, how do I turn my services business into a product business? How do I raise venture capital? How mm-hmm. do I get a high growth business? How do I make tens of millions of dollars a year? And, and a lot of my answer is, ooh, can we change the question, right? Can we change the question to why do you want to do those things? Right. What is the what is the end goal that you're seeking and why do you feel that that goal is the most worthy one and the most important one right now? There's plenty of folks for whom um, a lot of second time, third time entrepreneurs, for example, they raise venture capital because they've already got millions of dollars in the bank. Um, their pl- you know, their safety and security is taken care of. So they're they're already not worried about that stuff. Mm-hmm. What they're focused on is. I want to build something really big. I want to take this exciting leap and do this, this crazy thing. Um, and as much as I criticize, you know, folks who, who take venture or, or just the, the asset class generally, I don't want to criticize the people who take it. Sure. Like I'm kind of doing the same thing, right? We, we had this, this, this sort of windfall from the sale of Moz, right? And uh, one of the things that we did was make sure retirement is like, okay. And then invest in making this indie video game, which is costing, you know, costs a, a lot of money, right? Like that's, that's a much bigger team than Spark Toro. Um, 
I have like 13 people that I work with and much um, bigger, much bigger, <laughs> much bigger, much bigger team. Um, let's, right? let's but, ask Ubisoft you know, how many people they have in their company, but okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we're, we're not making those. Uh, although yeah, our game designer actually worked on Assassin's Creed. So oh, there you go. There uh, you yeah, go. Pretty cool. Um, can, can I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to push back a bit on this. Yeah. Don't you think we need those types of people to push things forward? Because again, as, as humans and, you know, we're, we, we are humans, the, the lack of stress sometimes puts us in a stage, uh, where we just stay, I don't want to say dormant, but stay in status quo. Don't we need, again, as even yeah. if you disagree with what Elon does, yeah. right? Or who he is as a person, you know, without him, we wouldn't have Tesla. Is that, is it, are you, you're saying that is a good thing? I'm saying Tesla, I'm saying, te okay. <laughs> For the sake of the conversation, being devil's advocate here. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Without okay. Elon, so there, there wouldn't be Tesla, for example. Yeah, I mean, um, I think that... Tesla is a problematic company in lots of ways. And so I like to use a, a, a strong man or a steel man example, right? Sure. As opposed to a straw man. Sure. Um, which, which I think a reasonable one might be Bill Gates and Microsoft. Sure. Um, and, okay. you know, Bill Gates had, there were lots of whatever, antitrust things. And he was a very hard nosed sort of businessman in the nineties and all that kind of yep. stuff. But also the personal computer revolution and the, the internet, right? Availability that it made possible um, yep. is it's, it's difficult to argue that that wasn't quite a remarkable step for humanity in a ton of ways, right? That, that everything we're doing right now and everything that we do in our lives is sort of enabled by that. Right. Uh, tough to argue against. Um, and I would say that what we don't need are, uh, tons and tons of people chasing that. Okay. Uh, what is absolutely fine is some people doing that. And what I want to, what I want to try and clarify with the, you know, with the stories that I tell with Austin founder, with what I hope will be the next book, which I, which I hope is going to be about spark Toro and, and this game, mm -hmm. uh, is, is that you have the choice to do incredible and remarkable things in a in an environment that is not growth at all costs how do i make a billion dollars um raw financial success is not the only measure for doing remarkable things and i don't just mean that in like the nonprofit sector or government yeah. and education sector i mean that in the private sector as well i think that um many of the most beautiful and wonderful innovations can happen because a company exists for a very long time and it does wonderful things and it gets to an interesting and exciting place. I, I would use companies like MailChimp as a great example of this. Okay. Recent challenges aside, right? I okay, think that MailChimp yeah. enabled the whole, um, like MailChimp enabled a, a, a massive, massive number of people to take advantage of email, build their own mm -hmm. businesses, build, build their own lists, like do awesome stuff. Um, I look at something like the Nintendo Corporation, which I think has brought joy to billions of people. Just absolute, overwhelming, stunning joy, obsessive joy to, to billions of people. 
And they're a 160 year old company that just survived very profitably making playing cards and games. And then we're like, oh, electronic games are a thing now. Let's make some video games and let's do it with a lot of artistry and care. And maximizing revenue has not been even a thing now, even now that they're a publicly traded company, they're sort of like, hmm, we're going to launch Breath of the Wild 2 when it's ready. Like, that's what's going to happen. And we're going to launch the next version of the Switch when it's ready. We're not trying to please Wall Street here. Like, we've been around a long time. We intend to be around a long time. Yeah. It's just, yeah. A, it's just a mentality model, right? And I think that uh, limiting yourself to the thinking of, well, here's a billionaire who did exciting things. So billionaires must be the only ones who can do exciting things. Get out of here. Come on. That's not true at all. Right? hundred percent agree with that. Uh, it just, nobody hears about the non-billionaires that are doing exciting things most of That's the time. Because billionaires have an exceptionally good uh, ability to control media and press around them. Yep. And media and press has found that lots of people, in fact, way, way more people, if, uh, great example. So um, almost everyone is, thinks of like the popularity of the internet on mobile phones as being Steve Jobs, right? Like he's responsible for that or right. the success of the personal computer. Well, that's Bill Gates. And what made all of that possible? Like what really made all of that possible is DARPAnet. And that is American taxpayers and the space program and mm -hmm. um, a bunch of, you know, nerdy guys at colleges and universities uh, setting up what became the protocol for the internet, what became protocols for personal computing, uh, uh, microchip, you know, innovations, all that stuff. Like there's, there's a lot of, uh, belief that, that so many of the exceptional advances in technology and, and humanity's progress are the result of private investment when it's not, it is public investment right. that makes that possible. Um, I don't know, like maybe pay your taxes and fund your government and remarkable things will come from that. Absolutely. Have you been to Europe? Have you been to Japan? The trains are goddamn incredible. Incredible there. They Holy are. Shit. I was on a bunch of trains through Italy, which is supposedly a country with like challenging infrastructure. Yeah. And oh my God, just, I mean, Milan to Rome in two and a half hours on a beautiful train with lovely countryside around it. And my Wi-Fi is like screaming fast and everybody's just having a lovely time. And they come by with, you know, little tiny espressos. Like, it's just great. It's phenomenal. You can't, have you been on Amtrak in the United States? Like, it's a nightmare. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know. Lots of remarkable things can come from places that are not um, where billionaires would like you to think. Yeah. This, yeah, I, I would push back pretty hard against that question. Okay. Here's the thing. I think we agree on a lot of things. Where we overlap is 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 pretty big. I'm, I'm not, um, even though I personally, I'm not a fan of the government. I think that um, because government changes all the time, you never know who's going to be next in government, right? You guys can be a great example. What happened uh, uh, the last the last couple of years? Uh, sorry. Well, you know, the last uh, 2016, you said, right? Government is not efficient at all. And that's what that's okay. what hurts. I, I have a I have a deep dark secret for you, Philip. Yes. Private businesses are not efficient <laughs> either. I agree. Yes, that's that's I, true. Especially I, I with venture capital. I can't, stress, 
I can't stress enough how uh, when Moz got to be 200 people, yeah, I'll tell you, I looked at the United States Post Office and I went, how the F do they do it? Yeah. How can they get billions of packages delivered around the world in literally days and run this incredible logistics operation and operate it at the time, operate it at, at a profit or break even? Like, impossible. I can't even fathom how that's doable because I can't manage 200 people to get a simple software product released. Yeah. So I, yeah. my perspective is like, man, governments can do incredible things. Are there, are there occasionally, um, you know, especially in democracies are, you know, uh, people able to take advantage of voters as bias and, and, you know, loopholes in the system and problematic traits and tendencies and our, our, you know, hate for each other and that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. Absolutely. And then can that really gum up the works for a while? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that that government is problem free, but whatever thing you want to list in there, right? Not for profits, um, religious organizations, private enterprises, small businesses, venture backed businesses, billionaire backed businesses. All of the things have their own problems, uh, and and efficiency as you scale is impossible to come by, right? It, you just you just won't find. Uh, efficiency once you get lots and lots of people together. So you have to yeah. um, decide. Like SparkToro, I this is why I love small and nimble. I'm sure you love your 22, 23 person size, right? You can basically plan out, hey, this is the thing that's most important. Everyone, if you're not working on that, please be working on it. Or if yeah. you're not needed on that, here's the second most important thing. Do that. Conversation done. All over. Yeah. If the post office wants to adopt some new, right? Post office wants to start competing with something like, holy crap. The, yeah. yeah. The challenges are massive. It, but. It, it's, it, it's funny you talk about that. That's literally what, what Align does. That's like the whole idea of Align to focus on the right things, uh, to, to, to focus on the right shit. Like that's like, like to get the, not, not only to get shit done, but to get the right shit done. Like that's a, we live yes, in. And this is why, yeah. this is why going back to the very start of our conversation, this is why getting great sleep, having great mental health, being in a happy and safe place with your your, your family and your home life uh, and your romantic life and all these kinds of things. Mm -hmm. That's why that is so absolutely crucial because I don't think you can prioritize right shit. I don't think you can get right shit done. I don't think you can get it done efficiently and effectively unless you have all of that first solved. Agreed, agreed. Listen, we've, uh, unfortunately we have to, you know, close this off. If you could take a time machine, and go back to the beginning of your of your leadership journey. What would you tell yourself? Oh, I I mean, so many of the things that we've talked about today, but, yeah. but in particular, I think in particular the one would be, um, you don't need to you Rand right early twenties Rand. Mm -hmm. Um, you don't need to live up to the venture worlds of ideal of what you're supposed to be. And, and when I say venture world, I mean tech world and, and sort of press world and, and that whole business culture world, right? That um, seeing yourself on the 30 under 30 or whatever might feel good, but it, it doesn't matter. Um, that being, you know, getting raising a ton of money or, or getting a company to a large revenue number or having a big team or being on a stage uh, at a particular event that those things, um, they will make you far less happy than you think they will. 
It's not, not what it's about. All right. Well, on that note, Rand, again, thank you so much. I'm, I'm happy I've, I've, I was able to do this and you, you had the time to do it. We had a little uh, hiccup in the beginning, but we were able to, to put it in and get, get, in, get in the hour. Um, for everybody else, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Sea Sweet and Sour. Uh, if you found anything particularly interesting that you feel your colleagues may enjoy, don't be shy. Sharing is caring. Uh, there's a lot of things to, to, to share here. Uh, that's, that's for sure. Um, also to remind everyone that we have a limited time promo code of 10, for 10% off your first year of Align. The code is not sour 10 Go to aligntoday.com slash demo. Uh, be sure to stay tuned and sign up for notifications on your favorite podcast platform or on aligntoday.com slash podcast. We have a pretty nice playlist uh, for some with some incredible leaders like Rand. Rand, for anybody who wants to reach out to you, how can they reach out to you? Uh, I'm, my email is rand at sparktoro.com or, uh, given our, our conversation about Elon, you can find me on Mastodon where I'm at <laughs> Randfish. Uh, and love it. Uh, and if you want to try Sparktoro, it's, it's just free. So anyway, amazing. Amazing. I, 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 I try to push it as much as I possibly can whenever I uh, see somebody. Yeah. I always do that. I always do it. Um, mentor. yes, my, my, my pleasure. It's my, my pleasure for everybody else out there. As I always say, let's get shit done. Have a good one.